0: Thing. I feel like I've already been to church. This has been a great service. Choir, thank you so much for singing. Thank you, ladies, for singing. And uh, they some stern in here today. And it's a real blessing. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you uh, for the visitors that are with us. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers. And let's always remember on these days that. People are excited. There's always those that are struggling. Don't ever forget that. And uh, let's pray one for another. The book of Ezekiel, chapter number one, is where we'll be at this morning. The book of Ezekiel. You'll find it in your Old Testament. And uh, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel. It's uh, towards the middle of your Bible. Maybe a little further back in the middle. But you'll find the book of Ezekiel. And we're going to look at chapter number one, and I want you to leave your Bible open because we will turn from chapter number one, and we'll go to another chapter in the book of Ezekiel here in just a minute. So our verses we're going to read in chapter one is just getting us an introduction to where we're headed. All right? So uh, we're in Ezekiel chapter number one. Amen. Amen. Oh, I hope you can hear all them pages turning the way I can. It's almost like there's a microphone on the pages. They're really loud. That's a blessing, and that's good stuff. It's good stuff. Amen. I'm just looking around at all you folks. It's a blessing to see you. It really is. It's a real blessing to see you. Amen. Hey, we ain't forgot about you folks upstairs, neither. We appreciate you guys. And we appreciate those that are watching online. God's been good to us. Let's stand together. Ezekiel chapter number 1. We'll read the first three verses together. I'm interested really in verse number 3. And then we'll see what God's going to do with this prophet. Now it came to pass in the 30th year, in the fourth month and the fifth day of the month, as I was among the captives by the river of Shabar, that the heavens were opened and I saw visions of God. In the fifth day of the month, which was the fifth year of King Jerichoan's captivity, the word of the Lord came expressively unto Ezekiel the priest, the son of Buzi, in the land of the Chaldeans by the river Shabar. And here's what I'm interested in. And the hand of the Lord was there upon him. I want to preach this morning, if the Lord will help me and give me strength and power to be able to do it, I want to preach on the subject of the power of the Lord's hand. The power of the Lord's hand. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for allowing us to be in this service today. We thank you for each one that is here. We thank you so much for the Spirit of God that is real in this place. For every song that's been sung and for each one that is on this property today, we pray, God, that you would move in a mighty way, that your spirit would be able to move freely amongst your people. We pray that Satan would not bind or hinder anything that you want to do here today in this service. Female, your spirit, speak to us, God, and help us today. Show us where we are at, not only as a people and as a church, But God, show us where we are as a nation, and we'll thank you for all that you do in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for standing, and thank you so much for being here this morning. I went to a tent meeting several weeks ago in Johnson City, Tennessee. And when I was there in that tent meeting, they give a gift to every pastor that was there. One of the things that I was given was a little tiny paperback book about this thick. I can only read a page or two of it at a time. Because the Lord convicts me and deals with me so strong with every word in this little paperback book that I received as a gift. Because I can't hardly take it. As I begin to read through this book a little bit again this week... I just had to stop and put it down. And that is what has led me to the chapter in Ezekiel that we're fixing to look at here in a moment. But first off, I want us to look at in chapter number one, it said that the word of the Lord came expressively unto Ezekiel. What that simply means is God's word will not only lead, but God's word will also strengthen Do you believe that this morning? Amen. Amen. And then it goes on in verse number three, and it says, and the hand of the Lord was there upon him. I love looking up uh, the words and the concordance of the Hebrew and the Greek definition of these words. When you study that word, the hand of the Lord, it simply means the power and the direction of God was in this man's life. The power and the direction of God was in this man's life. Now, when I first read that statement in the opening verses of the book of Ezekiel, it really got my attention because this is what I'm interested in. And I want you to think about it just for a minute. If this prophet of God is led... By the word of God, which gives him strength and direction. And if the hand of God is on this man's life, which gives him power and direction, then where is God fixing to lead this prophet? Where is God fixing to lead him? And what is it that God is wanting to show him? And who is it that God is sending him to help? If you're with me so far, say amen. Amen. There's several places in the book of Ezekiel where it says the word of the Lord came unto him, saying. But this morning I want to preach with that introduction on where did God lead this prophet? What did he want to show him? What did he want him to see, and why was the power of God on him, and what did he need him to do? Turn with me now in the same book to chapter number 37 in the book of Ezekiel, and I want us to look at where God sent this prophet. If I was to guess, before we even get there, I would guess. Oh, there's no doubt that God is going to send him into an exciting adventure. God is... F- now, when you get there, don't start reading. I know how some of you are. Just wait up on me now. We're going to look at it, all right? Just wait up a minute. God is fixing to send this man, no doubt, into a place where it is like a flowing with milk and honey. God is fixing to do an amazing work in this man's life and there's going to be some exciting things that God is going to do with this prophet of God. Look at chapter 37, verse number 1. Here's the same words. The hand of the Lord was upon me. Remember what that means now. It means God's power, God's direction, and God's strength is on this prophet. The hand of the Lord was upon me and carried me in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley which was full of bones. Hmm. That's not where I figure God would lead him. That's not what I figured that God would let him be able to see. Why in the world would the Spirit of God, with the power of God, with the direction of God, and the presence of God, with the strength of God, send a prophet, give him a picture of a valley that is full of death? Death. A valley that is full of bones? Why would this vision come to this man of God through the Spirit of God to be able to see a valley full of bones? What is going on? The valley of bones. Not only did he say that the Lord's hand guided him there, but it says the Lord set me down in the midst of this valley. In other words, stay with me now to make sense as we go further along. In other words, God does not want you and I just to stand back from a distance and look at what's going on around us. God actually wants us to get right down in it and be able to experience everything that is going on around us. How many of you know the Bible teaches us that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God? How many of us know that we was all dead in our trespasses and sins? How many of us know that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord? Amen. Amen. And what I want us to picture today is where are we at? What's going on in our nation? What's really happening in our world? What's going on in our communities? And I want to ask you this morning, have you took enough time for God to lead you into this valley and look around at what's around you? Hmm, interesting thought. In other words, the prophet says, the Lord has settled me in the middle of this valley. He has settled me in the middle of this valley. So not only in verse number one did the Lord want this prophet to be able to see what is in this valley, but number two, he wants him to be able to feel what's in this valley. Look at verse two. And calls me to pass by them round about. And behold, there were very many in the open valley, and lo, they were very dry hmm. this phrase that he calls me to pass round about them is a very interesting phrase in your Bible it means that God allowed him to walk around in this valley of death in this valley of bones and he said I want you to actually feel it for yourself think about this now Those words roundabout means this. I find it interesting what they mean. Those words roundabout means to circle your neighborhood. It's interesting, ain't it? So here we are. The power of God, the hand of God is on you. The Spirit of God is leading you. The Word of God is strengthening you and directing you. And where is the Word of God directing us? And where is the Spirit of God leading us? And the hand of God, the power of God, what does He want us to do when we get here? This is what He wants us to do. Listen. He wants us to take enough time to stop, behold, the Bible says in verse 2. That means to look with your eyes and see and comprehend everything that's going on around us. What the Lord is trying to tell us this morning, Pleasant Hill, is this. Take enough time to stop and see what's going on in our neighborhood. Hmm. What do you see there? This week you will leave your house and you will drive to what we call town. What are you going to see between your house and town? You're fixing to leave this church and you're going somewhere. And between here and wherever it is that you're going, what are you going to see between here and there? But verse number two, just don't say man of God, prophet of God, look into this valley and see what's going on. No, he says, get down in that valley. Get down there in the midst of it. Get down there while you're there and walk around, roundabout. In other words, he don't say, hey, just walk through the neighborhood or just walk through the valley one time and then let me know what's going on. No. He says, circle that thing about and keep going around and keep looking and keep watching and beholding and let me show you exactly what's going on around you and the world that you're living in. Has anyone seen what's going on lately? He says, don't quit looking. Don't stop beholding. And let me show you what death really looks like. Let me show you the condition of these people. That we will never... Brother Grayson, where are you at? You're in here somewhere, I heard you. There he is. What are you doing way up there? Brother Grayson, he is saying, you will never understand what resurrection means until you understand what death looks like. And there's so many times in our life, we go through life, and you know what we're doing? We're getting used to the dark. We're getting used to death. We're getting used to wickedness. We're getting used to ungodliness. We're getting used to all the sins of the world. And we're just going through life and we don't realize that God has set us down in the midst of a valley full of dead, dried up bones. Are you hearing me this morning, church? He said, so what you got to do is is every now and then you got to kind of get off your seats and you got to get right down there in the middle of it. And you've got to start walking around so that you can really see what God wants you to see. Think about it. The Word of God. The strength of God. The direction of God. The hand of God, the power of God, the direction of God has sent a man of God to look into a valley full of bones. Wow. Full of bones. Just don't want you to see what's in the valley. He wants you to feel what's in this valley. It's been several years ago. I can't remember which one of our three children it was, but one of them was really little. And I told this story here years ago, but I pulled into a gas station to get some gas. The windows was down in the car. I was there pumping some gas and another car pulls in on the other side of the pump. When this person gets out and begins to get gas, I look over at him and I just turn my head, continue pumping gas. I never will forget when I got in the car, one of our children, Tina might remember which one it was, said this to me Dad, is them people over there okay? And I looked over at him and instantly I realized. No. They was not okay. And as I pulled my car in gear and drove off, the Lord began to deal with me years ago. Keith, you're getting too used to the dark. You're getting too used to the dark. The things that you used to see that would make you go, I can't believe that just happened. The things that you used to hear that you used to say, I don't want to hear that junk. Now we're getting to the place in our nation. We're getting to the place in our neighborhoods. And we're getting to the place in our families that you know what's happening? We're walking around in the midst of dead people and a bunch of bones, but we don't even take time to slow down and look around to see what's really going on around us. If you go uptown in Asheville. Been up there lately? If you've been uptown in Asheville lately, don't, it's okay. It's not a sin if you've been uptown. Some of you are gonna say, he's fixing to ask us if we've been uptown to raise our hand. And honey, should we raise our hand? If you've been uptown lately, raise your hand. I've been up there lately. Did you take time to look around? Did you take time to look around? Because what he's saying here is, is don't just ride through there with your head down like you don't want to see what's going on. He said, no, lift your head up and look. Look at what's going on because if you'll look at what's going on, what you're going to see is, is a valley full of dead people. Are you with me? That's what you're going to see. A valley full of dead people. And he said, don't just look at it once. Go back by again. Go down that street again. Round that corner again. So that it'll really get in you. So that you can really feel what's going on in the world that we're living in. All right. Don't just see the valley. Feel the valley. Get in that valley. Look. Take time they're lifeless they're helpless and they're hopeless wow so let's look at what the prophet saw in verse 2 calls me to pass by them round about and behold that means I'm looking they were very many in the open valley and they were very dry. You know what he saw? He saw two things. He saw very many and he saw that they were very, what's it say? Dry. I'm going to tell you where some of them are at right now. This is where some of them are at right now. I'll tell you one thing, man. This thing's went so far downhill now, there's no hope. Hey, listen. There's very many and they are very dry. But as long as God is still on the scene, there is hope. Amen? Amen? Don't ever lose hope. Don't ever get to the point to say, well, it's hopeless. Well, it's helpless. Well, there's nothing else to do. No, they are very many. And yes, they are very dry. But there still is hope in Jesus today. Very many. And they're very dry. I not only got to thinking about the neighborhoods I not only got to thinking about our nation but also got to thinking about churches. Pleasant Hill, this is a warning. If we ever get to the place to think and start taking for granted what God's doing in here at a snap of a fingers they could be very many but it could be very dry. And God help us that this place does not ever get very dry. I had a man come to me the other day and said, Our church is looking for a pastor. You got anybody you'd recommend? The Lord laid something on my heart. Some of you ain't going to like what he laid on my heart, but he laid it on my heart. And if God put it there, I'm rolling with it. God showed me something. You know, all these churches around, they want to interview preachers. I want to call the preacher in for an interview. Sit him down, find out where he's at and what he does, where his heart is. God laid it on my heart. If any other churches call and want some of these preachers to come preach, I'm going to interview the church. I am. I'm going to start sitting down with the churches before they ever get some of these young guys to come preach. You know, I'm going to ask them, I'm going to say, do you really want a preacher? You really want a pastor? Or is your deacon board run the church? Can I get an amen on that? Amen. Do you want a preacher that's going to lead you? Or you got some guy that's been there for 107 years who runs it? I mean, what do you really want? You want the truth or you don't want the truth? Because these guys... They're going to come over and preach the truth. Amen. What do you really want in your churches? Say, preacher, that is so mean. You ask some of these guys what they've been through lately. It ain't mean. There are very many and they are very dry. You know what we need in the day that we're living in? I can't get ahead of myself. We need a touch from God, we need the power of God, we need the word of God, and we need direction from God, and we need the strength of God. Because without that, we ain't going to be able to make it. Are you with me this morning? Thank you for letting me chase that rabbit. That'll be online and I don't care. Somebody asked me one time, when we put these services online, are you going to be able to say what you want to say? It's online and I don't care. Because I'm going to tell you something. There's very many and they're very dry. And we need the presence and the Spirit of God in our churches. Without it, we ain't going to be able to make it. We ain't going to be able to make it. We're living in a dry world full of sin. And everywhere you look, there's dead people. Very many and they're very dry in the valley of these bones. Number three, there's a question that's asked. This is where a lot of you are at this morning in verse number 3. And he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, Oh, Lord God, thou knowest. So the question this morning to the church is this. Can God still revive? Can God still heal? Can God still save souls? Can God still do miracles? Can God still work? And the answer is, Oh, Lord God, thou knowest. Lord, you know. Let's see what He knows. So the question was asked, and then the answer was given. Verses 4, 5, and 6. Again, He said unto me, Prophesy unto these bones, and say unto them, Look what he calls them. O ye dry bones. That's what he called them. (laughs) That's pretty straight. Say to them, (laughs) O ye dry bones. Hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God unto these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter into you, and ye shall live, and I will lay you uh, uh, upon you and, and you bring up flesh upon you and, and cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live and you shall know that I am the Lord. So the question was asked and the answer was given. Here's what I can do. Alright. Stay with me now. I had a lot to say there but I'm going to move on notice what happens next verse 7 so i prophesied as i was commanded and as i prophesied there was a noise and behold a shaking and the bones came together bone to his bone and when i beheld oh the sinew and the flesh came up upon them and the skin covered them above. Stop there. Look up here just a minute. He did what God told him to do. He stood there in that valley of bones and he began to preach the word. He began to prophesy to all of the death that was in that valley. And then there was some amazing things that happened. Notice what the first thing was that happened. There was a noise. And I'll go ahead and tell you, I love a noise. Amen? I love it when I say amen and all of you guys go amen. I love it when I say, are you with me? And you guys are like, yeah. I love it when the choirs are singing. Miss Feliciano's testifying in Spanish. I love it when kids are crying. I just love noise. I love it when people say an amen. I love it when people say an hallelujah. I dislike noise. It's hard to preach when all you hear is air conditioning running. But it's noise. So he is proclaiming the truth. The word of God that gives strength and gives direction. The hand of God, which is the power of God, is on this man. And he is giving direction. And all of a sudden, in this valley, there's a noise. But don't stop there. It says then there's a shaking. Every now and then, ain't nothing wrong with a little shaking. Amen? Shake your head. Shake your hand. It don't bother me if you shake your leg. Hey, listen. There was some shaking. And then it says they was a coming together. Wow. A coming together. There's nothing any greater than a noise. There's nothing no more exciting than a shaking. There is nothing no more powerful than a coming together. And then after the bones begin to come together, it says that the the muscles begin to get on and the tendons begin to get on. And then all of a sudden, the skin. And he looked and he said, man, what a difference. I can hear there's a shaking There's a coming together, and everybody looks so much better. But it don't stop there. It says, but there was no breath in them. You know what worries me? You know what worries me? There's a lot of noise, there's a lot of shaking. There's a lot of coming together. There's a lot of people coming in one way and looking different when they leave. But they're just as dead as they was when they was a pile of bones. They're just as dead as they was when it was a pile of bones. Are you with me? You say, oh, but preacher, it gets loud. Oh, but preacher, this place gets to shaking. Oh, preacher, we've come together. Oh, preacher, man, we're leaving different. We look different than we was when we come in. But are we leaving alive? Are we leaving with life? Are we leaving with the Holy Spirit in our hearts? Are we leaving with the breath of God in us? Because if we're not, we might sound different. We might shake a little different. We might come together a little different. And we might even look different. But if there's no breath of God in us, yeah. we might as well state a bunch of bones laying in a valley. Right. Are you with me? Amen. So, what do we need? <laughs> we need the breath of God to blow in this place. We need the breath of God to blow in our communities. And we need the breath of God to blow on our nation. Because we can do our part, Brother Dean. We can say what He tells us to say. We can preach what He tells us to preach. We can go what He tells us to go. But if God's hand and power is not in it, it ain't going to change nothing. We have to have the power and the presence of God and the Holy Spirit to be real every time that we meet. If that makes a lick of sense to you this morning, say amen. You hear that cry? I take that as a hallelujah. Say so that don't bother me. So, God, thou knowest. God, thou knowest. But there was no breath in them. Verse 9. Then said he unto me, Prophesy unto the wind, Prophesy, son of man, say to the wind, Thus saith the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe unto these slain, that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived. I love this last part, and stood upon their feet as an exceeding great army. There they are. God has changed them. God has helped them. God has breathed the breath of life in them. The Spirit of God is now alive in their lives. And now they stand as a mighty army for God. You know what we need in these last days? You know what we need in the nation that we're living in? We need the Spirit of God to so settle on us that you and I will be able to stand as a mighty army for God. Hey, time is short, church. It won't be long till Jesus is coming back. Help us, Lord. Help us. The Lord said, come here, I want to show you something. Come on. I'm not the Lord, but what does it act like this week? Come on. He said, come right up here something. I want to show you. He said, uh, look out them windows. On your way home, look at every street, every neighborhood. When you take your wife out to eat, look around in that restaurant. When you stop at the gas pump, look at who's getting gas. And he said, then I want you to come right down here in it. And I want you to get right here in the midst of all of them. I want you to be right in the middle of them. And while you're here, I want you to walk around. And while you're walking, I want want you to look. Look. Just keep looking. But then don't go back and get in your seat. He said, no, come on back and look some more. Just look around everywhere. Look. Look out the windows. Look in the building. Look down the road. Look up the road. Look everywhere. And he said, I want you to tell me what you see. What do you see? And he said, then when you can figure out what you're seeing, he said, now this is what I want you to say. And he said, when you've done everything that you can do, you're going to have to pray. Because the only one that can change anyone is not us. It's God. It's God. The only one who can change anyone is I love reading quotes from a man by the name of Spurgeon. This is what Spurgeon said about these verses. Think nothing of us who preach to you. If ever you do think much of who's preaching to you, their power will soon be gone. No preacher will by any means cause conversion to any of your friends. You're putting a man in a place that only God belongs in. He said, not by might and not by power, but my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts, Spurgeon said that should make all of us lay on our face in the dirt and pray and ask the Holy God of Heaven to send His Spirit that will change lives. Mm. Who can change me? Who can change my family? Who can change a church? Who can change a community and who can change a nation? There's only one who can. And his name is the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. Jesus Christ only can change a life. Oh, come Lord. Come and settle on this place. I'll say it again. You will never understand resurrection until you can truly see death. And when you see death, then we'll understand the power of His resurrection. How long has it been since you walked in the valley and looked around to see what's going on around you? And how long has it been since you fell on your face and said, God, change our city. God, change our nation. God, change our families. And God, do a work that only you can do. Preacher, there's very many and they're very dry. Child of God, We're serving a God who is able. Miss Gina. We're serving a God who is able. Is God still able to save souls? Is God still able to change families? Is God still able to do a work in the days that we're living in? Yes, He is. The best thing that we could do is fall on our face and say, oh God, Would you do a work that only you can do because I cannot do it. But God, you can. The best thing we could do is pray, God, can we experience your power just one more time before we leave out of here and go to heaven? Can we see the power of God, church, just one more time? Yes, we can. But it won't be about me. And it will not be about you. It'll be all about Him. May we gather up in this altar as a church family or pray in your seat as a church family and pray, oh God, would you do it one more time? God, would you send revival one more time? God, would you save, bring in a harvest of souls one more time? God, would you heal and help families just one more time? God, we ask you, in the name of Jesus this morning, do a work that only you can do. May we fall on our faces in the dirt and call on a mighty and an all-knowing, all-loving God to do a work in our midst. God help us. God help us.